Hey folks, it's Jeff Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you are listening to my podcast called Successfully Funded. Turn it up. Yeah! Funding community, how is everybody doing out there? Hopefully, you guys are having a great week, great weekend. Hopefully, uh, uh, you know you guys are doing well. Hopefully, that money is rolling in, the backers are lining up, the questions are coming in, the FAQs are uh, being built. Um, yeah, you're doing backer updates. Hopefully, all that stuff is happening for you, and you're having uh, very exciting times right now because there's nothing more more thrilling and more exuberating. Is that a word? I don't know, one of my English people around me will probably correct me, but um, then having a campaign that is doing well. So episode 101, yeah, we're kicking it off, man. This is when the, we're, we finally have the Dalmatians. Here we go. We're going to, you know, we're all spotted here. Um, and uh, But yeah, so coming up on today's episode, we are going to be talking to Alex Tramiel. I think I said that correctly, Tramiel. And his campaign, which is the Sandman Doppler, which is the world's best alarm clock. It's that simple. Very, very great, com- very, very cool product. Very great conversation coming up here. So, um, if you're looking for something to really enhance, you know, your waking abilities in the morning um, with a bunch of tools and gadgets attached to it, this is definitely going to be um, a product that I think you're going to be into. And uh, and our conversation was awesome, um, really, really breaking down um, what it takes to bring a product to market and how hard it is. And also, we're going to talk a lot about vulnerability. Again, this, um, uh, Alex was more than willing to share that he had a failed campaign, and he picked himself up and uh, went back to bat, and now he's hitting a home run. So, uh, so that conversation is coming up later. So what's going on around here, right? Well, we are... Uh, still in the midst of uh, chaos, um, you know. We got the the wife is out cleaning somebody's house right now. I guess that's one of her goals is to get clients and create a cleaning business. I guess I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, so we got that going on. We got the son over at camp. We, he's got one more week at camp before school gets here, and, and then the wife's got another opportunity to have a maybe a possible actual job, but she doesn't really want that. So everything around here is. Like usual, up in arms and in chaos. Man, when is the moment where it just chills out? You know, does this life have to be so challenging? And I think the answer is coming back down. I don't think it does. I think it it comes down to priorities and just taking a deep breath and just enjoying what you you know. Take the pressure off. What's the what's the point? You know, what's the point of all this pressure and 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 pushing and striving and trying to get better and you know more money, more money. You know? What's the point, you know? What is the real point of all that? And I'll tell you, I can't see the answers at this at this moment. You know, I was thinking the other day, I mean, I'm looking at, you know, car paint, you know, why do we have to have two cars? Why can't we work, you know, and, and have our lives be more localized? You know, how do we get away from some of these things that are just unnecessary, that just put these pressures on for, for no apparent reason? And, you know... So that's going on around here, you know, kind of having those sort of thoughts. But, but past that, man, we had a you know really really great weekend, great week of um, you know just kind of being out in the public. Uh, had a, had a nice um, family um, play date for a bunch of families Friday night, which was awesome. Which if you're around the the Midwest here, the Michigan region, I mean, it was like a cool August night, and uh, that was great though. Just to, again 
kind of seeing family and friends and 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 um and interacting with with our community and just you know continuing to be a part of that and how important that is so that was a that was a great night uh friends of ours um recently picked up a a fairly large house it was like an old historic house and uh it's hard to describe but it was gigantic oh my god i think i'm gonna have to sneeze oh do you ever have that moment where the sneeze just feels like it was right at the end of my nose and then it just it just didn't come out it just didn't come out but what else is going on around here? What else? Well, a couple things here is um, we've been getting really good feedback on the book. The book is actually out. You can pick one up now. at If you go to woodshed.agency, you can uh, find a link to it, and you can go ahead and pick up the new You Are Your Own Brand book. Um, the other thing that's been happening is I've been actually sending out some of you, um, you know, as, as a free lead. So if it's something that you're interested in, just listen, I, I'd love to, I don't really want to purchase it, but I'm interested in maybe bringing you guys on. I, I got no issue sending you out a book. So let me know if you're interested in even just picking up a copy. Um, uh, cause it, it, you know, Hey, it's better than sitting, uh, sitting under a desk, right? We want these in people's hands. That's why we made these things. So uh, I, w- I want to give you a quick tip here on something though. Um, that I wanted to break down, um, there's a tool called Snipply, and there's a competitor to that called Backly. And I've been kind of re, um, replaying with this tool. What this tool does is it allows you, when you're sharing content, right? So one of our strategies is to go out and share content. Um, you know, but what, what's the real value of sharing, let's just say, an, an article, an entrepreneur on, on you know, creating a product, right? So why would Sandman Doppler or, or Alex, something like that, why would they share share that article. So a couple reasons. Number one is it continues to just, you don't have to make, be making content all the time. That helps. Number two is you're seeing content that's being shared and, and people are reading it. So that's, again, people, you know that your audience will be into that. But if you use a tool called Snipply, you have a great opportunity to actually put a call to action button at the bottom of that article. So what happens is that when you then go out and share that entrepreneur article or whatever, I'm just using that as an example, um, down at the bottom corner, top right corner, wherever you put it, you have the opportunity to actually put your CTA on that, your call to action. And that's a great opportunity to, you know, grab some free traffic, right? Like traffic that's not costing anything. So if you're getting 25 shares of an entrepreneur article that's, that's, that's doing really well and your um, URL is at the bottom of it, there is a strong chance that you're going to be seeing some click-throughs on that. And that, again, doesn't cost anything. It's, you know, you're out sharing that article already. You're, you're getting audience and readers. So I've been kind of re-exploring that idea a little bit just because I've been working so much right now in Facebook Messenger of how maybe I can actually drive those people into instant conversations on Facebook Messenger. So... Um, if you're out there right now and you're seeing articles from me, I'd love if you can give me some feedback on what you're seeing, if you're feeling like it's intrusive, if you're feeling like it's working. Because, um, again, what I'm trying to do is I'm really trying to use a tool called ManyChat right now, um, which is helping me use Facebook Messenger to really get instant conversations going on. So that's that's something that's it's, it's intriguing right now. But over the last few weeks here, we, we're in having a ton of internal conversations around how do we get a personal conversation going as fast as possible because what we've noticed in our in our sales cycle is the faster that we get to a conversation you know get it off of email get you on the phone with me get me in a chat that's when the sales happen so how are we how are we amplifying and making that quicker so this is another way we're trying to do it with snipply and facebook messenger 
And uh, we're going to see what works, right? We're going we're gonna to try it out and see what happens. So, so I wanted to throw that out there as you guys kind of just kind of give me some inside um, baseball as to what we're working on here uh, in terms of a couple tools. And, you know, I think Snipple, you can get a free account, you know, and, and you know, Facebook Messenger is free. So this really shouldn't cost anything. It's just seeing if that, again, just seeing if you can get to that conversation as fast as possible because I think ultimately that's the best thing that's going on in social media. So... All right, that is enough inside baseball, I think, for today. Um, so, uh, like I said, if you can do me a couple of favors, though, if you like the podcast, make sure you go tell a friend and family. Great, go tell them. Go tell them right now. Maybe you're sitting down to dinner and you're like, I, I want to tell you guys at dinner about something. You guys got to go check out Successfully Funded. It is just the most ultimate podcast out there. That's one thing you can do. Number two you can do is leave a review. Reviews are ultimately you know, how we pop up in search feeds and how we get more and more traffic. So do that, do that. That would be awesome. And by the way, if you want to go to the website, woodshed.agency, go there. Um, and I've got a great pop-up at the top button that asks, you know, if you and I were at a party, what would you ask me? Go ask me something. Let's, you know, go see how this tool is working. Ask me something and see if we can't get into a conversation. So, all right, guys, let's go ahead and kick in my conversation with Alex from the Sandman Doppler. And let's talk about how you bring a product to market and how Alex has created the world's best alarm clock. Here we go. All right, Alex, the red light is on. We are now going to record the greatest podcast interview in the history of podcasting. Are you ready to do it? I'm, I'm stoked, man. Let's do this. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, let's start with a quick sound check here. So uh, what did you have for breakfast this morning? I had the same thing I have for breakfast every morning, a spinach feta wrap from Starbucks. It was delicious, as usual. Wow, Starbucks every day, huh? I don't drink coffee. but okay, uh, I don't drink coffee either, so hey, we have yeah. that coffee. But yeah, the uh, the spinach feta wrap and the Arnold Palmer, I should say, black iced tea lemonade is quite delicious. All right, all right. I'll have to check out that. Uh, I, I had a Starbucks meeting today, and I uh, so I have that Starbucks smell on me right now. I yeah, I, I don't like it either. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So, uh, what, what's it usually like when you tell somebody you don't um, uh, you don't drink coffee? Because I usually get the what 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 what. There's I don't think there's many of us out there. Yeah, there's really not. People are like. Uh, how do you wake up in the morning? I'm like, oh, I, I sleep a decent amount and then I wake up and I'm good to go. They're like, well, yeah. aren't you like groggy and tired? They're like, no. I, yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, I, I, uh, I started recently in the last few weeks uh, just like getting up right away and drinking a, like a nice glass of water. Sure. You know, just, just doing something like that. But uh, That's blasphemous, apparently. Yeah, I know. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, I think we're sounding good here. Uh, hopefully I'm sounding all right in your, uh, in your ears. Yep. Cool. All right. Well, let's uh, let's kick it over to the to interviewing you here. So, um, so you've got a Kickstarter campaign going on for a very cool product. Why don't you tell my listeners what it is that you're raising money for? Absolutely. So uh, we're live right now on Kickstarter for the Sandman Doppler, what we're calling the world's best alarm clock, and it's a six USB port alarm clock with Alexa built in, as well as a great set of stereo speakers and what we're calling dashboard indicators on the front, which will show you the time, the weather the temperature, uh, as well as a very cool customizable light bar at the top. So it's an alarm clock, but it also charges your phone, uh, which is not what all, you know, not all alarm clocks do these days. So 
No, they don't. I mean, usually you have the gaggle of uh, USB cords sneaking out behind dressers and um, and uh, beds. Uh, I'm speaking of myself here, uh, of a situation I have here. Well, that's very cool. So, where did kind of this like idea originate? Where where did you know? How do you get into all of a sudden making a souped up alarm clock? So, uh, about a little over two years ago, about two and a half years ago, actually, um, I was getting kind of antsy at my old company. Uh, I've always wanted to start my own business, but. Uh, you know, you're supposed to get some experience before you go and venture off on your own. And uh, I was working at a product design firm um, in the area, and it was a, an incredible experience. You, I mean, this company would basically get people anything from, you know, crazy nutbags with no money to huge companies, and they'd be like, "Hey, I have this awesome idea." And the vast majority of the time, the idea wasn't so awesome. Um, right. But, you know, every once in a while you get a pretty cool idea. And um, I was only there for about a year and a half. And I, I think I worked on 650 products in that year and a half. Oh. Right? It, it was crazy. Now, worked on is, is not, you know, it may have been just like, oh, I'm going to give my two cents on this product. Yeah. Um, I happened to be sitting right next to one of the inbound sales guys. And I heard literally every single product he was talking uh, about. And it was just, it was fascinating. And uh, one of the things I, I learned is how incredibly difficult hardware is. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm sure, as your listeners know, uh, crowdfunding hardware products doesn't have the best success rate. And mm-hmm. the reason is because it's really hard. Yeah. Um, it, it's not easy. And so when I decided to venture off on my own, I wanted to make sure that you know the first product I did, I knew we could do. And if we couldn't do it, uh, we should probably go in a different direction. Right. So um, the first product that we did was called the Sandman, uh, the Sandman alarm clock. And it's a four-port USB charging alarm clock. Uh, it you know, it does have a couple other features. It's got a, you know, an auto-dimming display, uh, really big 1.8-inch numbers. Um, it's only one color. It's only red. You know, no speakers. just has a buzzer for the alarm. It does have an alarm on it. And... We actually launched that one on Kickstarter and did not succeed. Uh, learned a bunch of stuff there as well. And the, the feedback was, hey, this is a good product. It, you know, Don't listen to Kickstarter. That right. was your fault for not doing a good campaign, not the <laughs> right. product's fault. Yeah. So uh, we decided to make the product anyways. And as soon as you know, people got the product, they're like, oh, sorry. Sorry about that. Um, as, as soon as uh, people got the product, they're like, all right, this thing's awesome. You know, it, it fixes a bunch of problems. But I really wish it had speakers in it, mm-hmm. or I really wish it could, you know, be different colors. You know, I could have a green display or a pink display or whatever. I'm like, oh, okay, well, oh, so let's wait for version two. So, uh, of course, we started on version two basically right away, right. and uh, version two turned. It went through a couple revisions, which I can get to if you're interested. But uh, eventually, we got the Doppler, which is what we have now. That's cool. That's very cool. So, you know, so. Now, how many people do you have on your team, and like, how did you start to kind of assemble the, the, the people that you needed to, to be able to work in, in this sort of field? Yeah, so we're really small. Uh, it depends on, on how you, you know, determine in your team. Um, we're, we're anywhere from two to eight. Uh, we have two full-timers, me and uh, my co-founder, David. Um, David worked at the, uh, firm, the, industri- the product design firm with me as well. And he's just an incredible talent, industrial designer, graphic designer, web designer, uh, with a little bit of mechanical engineer in there. And then we're bringing on a full-time software guy uh, who used to work at Amazon, uh, who I actually played ice hockey with. So, you know, when you're in this area, in Silicon Valley, 
you just have all of these smart people and you just got to figure out a way to get them on board your team. Um, and it really helps when you have a, a co-founder who's just as talented as, as my co-founder is. So uh, the third co-founder was my brother who um, quit his job to come join us. Uh, and he was kind of helping with the mechanical and electrical stuff too. So, you know, you got to get lucky, get the right team involved and have people that can really multitask. Yeah. So, so, so is there any sort of like one skill set that you think of, like when you're kind of assembling this team? I, I, cause I, I think it's the multitasking thing. I mean, yes. I think it's very, I, I think it's challenging to say, I only, Hey, I only do website design. It's like, Oh, I, I need Facebook ads. I need pay-per-click. I need, exactly. you know, so, so what, what do you, what do you see in that? Um, I think the most important thing when you're looking to hire someone is the ability to take on new things and learn. Yeah. Uh, th- that's the most important thing. You know, like my brother, for example, my brother is not a sales guy, but he wanted to be VP of sales. I'm like, well, it's just a title. Sure. You right, can have right. it. So he, you're now VP of sales. That also requires all the marketing, all the Facebook ads, everything. Right, right. It's like, okay, well, I don't know how to do that. I'm like, okay, we'll figure it out. He's like, okay. And he figures it out. And, you know, he may not be perfect at it. He may not be the guru, mm-hmm. but, you know, we can do it. And uh, I think that's the most important ability to kind of adapt and learn to new things. That's very cool. That's pretty cool. So in, in this, you know, in, in this version of the Sandman, the, the Doppler one here, what's been, would you say, like the biggest roadblock um, that you guys had to overcome? I don't know whether it be in the design field or, uh, you know, marketing, whatever it might be. What, 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 what was just, was there any major roadblock that you just couldn't do something you wanted to do? Um, I think that's a good question. Uh, there's a couple things that are floating around in my head. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, with tuning the speakers. Hmm. People don't, yeah, people don't realize, um, and I, I didn't realize, um, quite how difficult it is to get a good sounding set of speakers. So, you know, in order to, to have speakers actually sound good, you need to have a sealed air volume behind the speaker that the speaker can actually push sound in and out. And, uh, in order to seal that air volume, you have to literally have a completely sealed box. Right. And in order to have a completely sealed box, you have to have a bunch of seals and foam and you know complicated compression and stuff like that. And uh, the speakers that we're using require just the – or they don't require. They recommend this just ridiculously huge air volume, like something like eight times what we have. And we had to figure out how to pack the most air volume in a, in a space while still being – Small enough to actually fit in your nightstand. Yeah, you don't um, really want to have a, uh, a small refrigerator next to your ex- nightstand. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> but it I sounds mean, great. Now, yeah, it's not amazing. <laughs> now, for me, as, as, a, as a, so I don't know if you know this or not, but I own recording studios uh, across the I United States, and I do live sound still for mega churches here uh, in the Southeast Michigan. So I'm right. a sound guy. So I've, my wife has put up many times with gigantic speakers uh, <laughs> because that's the perfect spot that they sound. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, like I said about, about having you know, a multifaceted co founder, I mean, David is also a DJ on the side. Oh, nice. So he's like, no, this thing has to sound really good. And I'm like, okay, David, well, we can spend a lot of money, you know, a lot of time and a lot of money tuning this thing. He's like, no, no, I think I almost got it. And of course, you know, six or seven revisions later, we get something that sounds really, really good. Right. Um, and then, of course, you're going to get, okay, well, sound is all subjective. Mm-hmm. So I don't like uh, my music as bassy as, you know, my brother, for example. So. I'm like, okay, well, the highs still don't sound quite right. And he's like, oh, well, the lows sound great, so let's not mess with it. I'm like, well, no. So it's this constant juggle. And 
uh, we're really happy with how well it sounds now. It sounds, or how good it sounds now. It's fantastic. It blows anything else in its price point out of the water, at least in our opinion. So Wow, that's cool. So my follow-up kind of that is, what's the moment where maybe it just all gelled and came together? Um, especially considering, you know, with the with a Kickstarter that didn't work. You know, was there a moment, though, with this product that you were like, man, we we clearly have something here. This is, this is going to be hot. Um, remember that thing I said you can get into if we need to, uh, let me, let me get into that real quick. So, uh, after we launched the Sandman, we decided, okay, we're going to make a connected version. We're going to make, we're going to put an app on it. We went to CES with the original Sandman and everyone at CES was like, Oh, this is really cool, but it doesn't have an app. You know, is this a fingerprint reader? Oh, does it have Bluetooth? We're like, no, it's a, it's a (laughs) clock. It charges your phone. Like, oh, well, I wanted to do all these things. I'm like, okay, well, you know, it's, it's a $45 clock. He's like, oh, well, well, it needs to have this. And I'm like, okay. And I'm thinking to myself, no, it doesn't, but fine. Um, we decided we're going to put an app on it. And then we're like, okay, but we really need some sort of speaker thing. So we ended up designing this speaker box that would sit underneath the original Sandman. And I think we might make that product eventually, but it was literally, uh, if you go to our Kickstarter and our prototype gallery, I think we have a picture of it. Um, it was literally a box with the Sandman, the original Sandman would sit on top of. And we, we you know, had Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and that, that thing, and you could do internet radio. And then I'm like, wait a second, we could put a microphone in that box and we can get Alexa working. Mm. And we're like, well, wait a second, this is one product. This isn't two products. So we combine the two things together and something hit us and we're like, all right, now we have something. Now we have an alarm clock with stereo speakers. It's got Bluetooth. It's got Wi-Fi. And uh, we found a pretty good solution to actually put, you know, a full Linux computer inside the thing. We're like, we can literally do anything now. So, all right, this is pretty cool. Um, It it hit us. Uh, And and then we, when we were doing it, running our pre-campaign, which we can get to in a second if you're interested, uh, the comments that we were getting and the conversion or the, the conversion rate we were getting on our, our pre-campaign page was off the charts good, like 22%. And we're like, oh, all right, this, this, this could be really good. So Yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. So let, let's, go, let's, let's talk about you for a little bit. Where did you grow up? So I grew up in Palo Alto, uh, born and raised in Palo Alto. Okay. Uh, I went to Palo Alto High School. Um, I've never left the area. The farthest I've uh, ever lived was about 15 minutes from, you know, my birthplace. It's really quite nice. pathetic when you think about it. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, and what'd your, like, what'd your parents do and stuff like, uh, when you were growing up? Uh, my mom was a stay at home mom. Um, and my dad was VP of software for a, for a company, for a software company. So software and hardware company. So I kind of grew up there. So, so for, for like a product like this, I mean, uh, I, I always love these questions for, for like product like this. Like h- how do you stay focused in terms of kind of multitasking between, you know, apps, like you're talking about the technology, hardware speakers, you know, h- h- how do you like, is there something, you know, does something ever have to give? Like how do you multitask all those sort of, uh, you know, hard things to do as one thing, you know what I mean? Like just building a great speaker system. That's hard to do, but like, how do you kind of ma- manage all of that? Um, I don't think I manage it well, to be honest. Uh, still learning, but yeah. Um, yeah, it just it's just a lot of you know you got to figure out okay, what is your one main goal? And I think our main goal for getting this product for for this product in particular was having a reasonable price point. Yeah, 
So, uh, you know, we're, we're selling on Kickstarter, or I should say pledging on Kickstarter for $119. And that was super important to me. Um, I'm, I'm not a fan of these super premium options that, that people have. Uh, I want products that, you know, the everyday guy can, can purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, so you, you see like the HomePod. And it's like what, like six hundred dollars, yeah, something crazy like that. Yeah. It's like this. This isn't. This is not something that someone can go purchase. But that's Apple's niche. Apple's niche is going for the super premium, and we don't want to be the premium. We want to capture eighty percent of that market as opposed to twenty percent of that market. And um, I think if you focus on that, and you're like, okay, this is what we need to do. What can we do to keep it at this price point? And if you always that, you always have that on your mind. Uh, you should be able to be a little more focused yeah. than if you kind of just let the product just kind of go and you get this crazy feature creep, mm-hmm. um, which is your arch nemesis. And, you know, at some point you got to sit down with your, your engineers and your designers and be like, all right, what is the most valuable things for these projects? This is yeah. all we are going to do. It's called the MVP. And uh, you figure that out and you say, okay, $120 product. MVP, go. Yeah. And you feel that, that, that's how we did it. Um, and I think we can be much better at it in our next product. That's very cool. That's very cool. So, I mean, you're, so you're in the middle of a campaign here um, with 16 days to go, and you've got a you know, healthy amount of comments, lots of backers. You know, you're in that hectic time. You've got guys like me emailing you and begging you to get on a podcast. <laughs> Are there any sort of like, you know, uh, tips or techniques that you're doing to stay organized during this time or, or just for you in general as an entrepreneur, are there any tools that you might use or habits that you, that you have that you could suggest for people to try? Um, yeah, actually, yes. So the stack, as it's known, uh, your, your company's software stack is super important to be set up before you do all of this. You know, spend as much time before the campaign figuring everything else out. You know, run some Facebook ads, learn how that works. Have all your info or have all of your stuff set up in Google Analytics so you're not freaking out as soon as it happens. Right. You know, understand how your, your email lists, we use MailChimp, are, are going to work. Um, but in terms of personally, uh, you know, my ability to stay organized, uh, for me, I follow the zero inbox approach. <laughs> and I find it super, super, super useful. Um, the other thing that I use is a... a Chrome extension called Todoist, and Todoist is free and it works really well. Uh, you can use a lot. You can use it as much as possible. Um, but you know, if if I need to do something or someone responds to me, I respond and then I remove it from my inbox and I put it in another. You know, I move it to another folder. Yeah. And so, okay, you know, I got an. I'll go into my email right now. I'm sure I have like, you know, online affordable services, full SEO. I'm like, okay, so I'll read this thing for, you know, 10 seconds. Be like, okay, this guy's either a spammer or we may actually use him. And I'll either just archive it or say, hey, what is your pricing? And then just remove it from my inbox. Right, right. And that is how I've been able to stay afloat. Um, and hopefully... I can continue to do that. <laughs> well, well, well you're, you're like the, uh, I think, you know, so right now you and I don't drink coffee and we're also zero inbox guys because I've got some people in my life <clears throat> who's not around me at the moment. But when I'm just looking at like 16,000 emails, like, does, mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm stressed now for you. I can't, yeah. you know, I'm not wearing it on my, my shoulders because can I just see your phone for a second? I'm going to get rid of <laughs> so, uh, I'll spend the whole, I'll spend a whole Tuesday deleting. Uh, yeah, but, but yeah. One- 
one more thing I want to say, do whatever works for you. You know, like if, if zero inbox doesn't work, then do something else. If, you know, just do, like my brother, for example, does red unread. If it's unread, you know, you have, you haven't dealt with it yet. If it's red, it's been dealt with. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have problems with that personally, but if it works for you, great. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. So let's flip over a little bit to the actual Kickstarter itself. So, I mean, sure. you know, you see so you're, you're over a hundred thousand, actually 111,000, somewhere in that ballpark right now at this point when we're, when we're recording this, uh, so the campaign is going really, really well. And you've mentioned a little bit about, you know, just kind of getting the, your world kind of set up before you launch, but what, do you, what was kind of like an overall marketing strategy, um, that you, you know, that you kind of started to do before you launched the campaign? So uh, pre-campaign, 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 pre-campaign. I, I really can't say that enough. Um, that was what we you know, didn't do at all last time, and it killed us. Uh, so we spent probably a good month and a half on our pre-campaign site. We didn't tease any of the the features, of, you know, any of the features of the product. The only thing we didn't share with it was the price. Um, and I hate these just clickbaity BS ads on Facebook being like, it's the future coming soon. <laughs> it's like, no, dude, just show me what the product is. Like, <laughs> right. I've literally started commenting on these things and being like, I'm sorry, what's the product? I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'm not going to give you my email address before you tell me what it is. Right. And you know, about half the time, they're like, oh, this is the product. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Here's my email address. Mm-hmm. Or they just say, oh, it's the future. I'm like, okay, goodbye. <laughs> so we had an awesome pre-campaign page, which we're going to recycle and turn into our pre-order page um, after the, the campaign is over. And uh, it had an epic conversion rate. And we ran some fairly targeted ads to people and our current backers. And we got 4,400 emails um, before the campaign. And we spent a fair amount getting those emails, but, you know, it's important. Um, And that's it. I mean, when you show the entire product, you get all these people saying, oh, hey, have you thought about this? Oh, hey, have you thought about this? Mm -hmm. And thankfully, we had thought of everything, at least we thought we did, uh, or we still think we do. Um, but I'm sure that, you know, it happens all the time. People like release their product and like, Oh, by the way, what about this, this, and this? Like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Really should have thought about that. So if you don't tease your product and you actually just like show everything, um, you're going to get good customer feedback. You're going to get a more honest conversion rate. Cause you know, that those 20% of people that convert are more likely to actually buy the thing if they actually know what it is, as opposed to just saying the future. Um, so yeah, a hundred percent pre-campaign. Uh, I mean, we hit our goal, which I think was too low, uh, in 38 minutes. Um, our goal was like about 26,000 and we hit it in 38 minutes and you know, we did, you know, what did we do? Like 85 K or actually we did 56 K in the first day and we were at 73 K in the second day. So uh, I mean, we shot up like a rocket and then of course you taper off just like all other Kickstarter Kickstarter. So yeah, all pre-campaign, very important. So let me ask you about you know kind of the vulnerability of the of this project, in particular, considering that you had a failed one. How hard was it to convince yourself to get back up on the horse and and just know that you know hey you know keep keep focused, the product's good because 
again, so many campaigns fail the first time out. I mean, even like the coolest, yep. uh, the coolest may still be a failure when it's all said and done. I don't know. You know, that's a whole other <laughs> conversation, but uh, they did get back on the horse. But, uh, but, but how did you guys kind of pick yourself up from the bootstraps and just kind of, you know, do it again? So uh, I quit my job in March. We launched the campaign in June. Uh, campaign, you know, ended unsuccessfully in July. I was bummed. Oh yeah. man, was I bummed. You know, it was just me at this time. You know, I hadn't brought on my brother or David yet. And oh boy, it was hard. It was really, really hard. And <laughs> honestly, uh, I don't think there was one single like moment like, oh, you know, I should do this. I kind of reached over and looked at my bedside table or at my nightstand. And I'm like, how is this not a thing? Yeah. This has to be a thing. So I'm like, all right, I'm not giving up. I'm not going to go get a job after, you know, four months right. of, of trying and failing. You know, at least I tried something. You know, you got to learn from your failures. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have enough money in the bank or some form of safety net or, you know, venture capital or something which can protect you from your falling and failing, you know, use it. Just yeah. utilize it. Take advantage of it and be like, okay, I can still make this product. Um, and, you know, the other thing that helps is, you know, yes, we had a field campaign, but we had, you know, two, three hundred something people that wanted this product and they yeah. really wanted this product. And if I knew what the hell I was doing and I could market properly and find people on Facebook, uh, I'm sure I could get more of those people. Right. And so we decided to make the campaign or make the product. You know, we went to CES that year, or I guess the beginning of next year. And I think that was the big, uh, okay, we have something here. Yeah. Um, the number, I mean, you see, I don't know if you've ever been to CES, but it's, it's crazy. It I is, know it's massive. Yeah. Yeah. This, the, the number of people, I mean, we were in like the very bottom of the very bottom of the sections and, it was ridiculous, the number of people that were just walking by us. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'd probably say 95% of them are like, oh, this is a great idea. This is great. I'm like, well, so buy one. They're like, ah, no, I'm good. <laughs> so at least we have something. So now when you tell them about the Doppler, I'm sure the 95% of the people say, oh, that's a good idea. And hopefully, theoretically, uh, we'll find out this, this January if more people say, okay, I'll get one. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, you just kind of take advantage of the safety net if you have one or, or your VC funding or the money in the bank and just believe in yourself that if you think it's a good product and, you know, two or 300 other people think it's a good product, it probably is. So so how does you how does Alexa work inside of this thing? Like, like do you have to pay a licensing or anything? Or how, how do you get, like, that sort of support to, to uh, kind of on board with your product? Yeah, so um, Amazon wants everyone to use Alexa. Really? So they want everyone to use it. They want you to be in just deeply entrenched into their ecosystem. You know, just like uh, – actually, I'm trying to think of another good example. Uh, I mean, just like Google's trying to take over, you know, every aspect of your life and right, Apple's right. trying to take over every aspect of your life, yeah. Amazon wants you into their ecosystem. Um, so – they have a service called AVS or Alexa Voice Services, and uh, I mean, literally, it's free for yeah. every for anyone and everyone. There's no licensing fee. There is a certification process, yeah. which uh, you don't have to go through, but it's obviously encouraged. Um, 
I mean, you can go buy a, a $30 Raspberry Pi and a microphone, and you can build an Alexa. Uh, it's not going to have the same speaker quality or the same microphone system that the Amazon Echoes have, but it'll be a, a basically a full Alexa. It has about 95% of the, the features that an Echo does. Wow. Um, and, yeah, it's called AVS. It's 100% free. So we... Um, you know, we have our software guy who's here who's helped us develop, you know, all the back-end stuff from their sample code and all their stuff. We're doing it a little differently. I, I won't get into the details because I don't understand them as well as I should, but, um, you know, I'm the, I'm the big-picture guy. So, right, right. Uh, yeah, we have full – I mean, it's, it's a true Alexa on there. There are some things which um, Amazon has released uh, recently, which AVS doesn't currently support, uh, like – they just released something called drop in where you can literally say, you know, Alexa drop into the kids room and it will act like a walkie talkie. Um, a little creepy, but yeah, also kind of yeah. cool. You can also do uh, messaging with the new echo. And I really hope, you know, knock on wood that they add those features to AVS cause those would be fantastic for our product. But right. in the meantime, you just have to deal with the other 95% of the incredible features that Alexa can do. So, so, so yeah. when, when, you know, when you're kind of designing a product and you, you know, have a major feature that's dependent on somebody else, how does that affect, you know, just kind of like the overall scope of a project? You know what I mean? So let's just say Amazon closes off Alexa at some point or whatever. They, they make a change. How, you know, how does that kind of work in your guys' like business plans or, um, you know, investors, if they're looking at something going, ah, you built it on this platform or whatever it might be, you know? Yeah, you've got to be really careful. Oh, 100%. Um, every day. I mean, you have to be really careful. So uh, let me think of an example. Okay, so uh, are you familiar with Qualcomm Quick Charge? No, I'm not. Uh, you ever heard of that? Okay, so there's a, a special charging standard which a company called Qualcomm has started uh, or has, has been do, been making where you plug in your phone and it will be ready and it will be like charged to 80% in 15 minutes oh, or something like that. All right. I didn't know what it was called, but I, I mean, I've seen, yeah, I, yeah. I've come across that in my in my my world, but I didn't know what it was called. So, so, like, Qualcomm is a huge company. Quick Charge had some decent traction on a couple phones, some Motorola phones and some, some you know, Android phones. And then Google comes out and says, oh, hey, we're going to start recommending everyone adopts this standard. You know, it's called USB PD or USB power delivery. And we recommend no one uses Quick Charge anymore. And, you know, that's a real punch in the stomach to, to the people that use Quick Charge. I mean, it still yeah. works. Right, right. So what you have to do is you have, really have to examine the, the company that you're integrating with. You have to examine their business model and be like, okay, would they ever change this? And the answer is yes, always. Yeah. But you got to basically just hedge your bets and be like, okay, we got to do this. If we're going to do this, you got to do it. If we're not going to do it, you know, let's just not do it. You know, either do all or nothing. So... You know, you think about Amazon's Alexa platform, and they are actively pushing it. They're right. pushing it like crazy. They've released three new, three, two, two, two new Echo devices in the last three months, two months, I think, and the Echo Look and the Echo Show, and they're actively pushing it, and it's in their best interest to keep the Alexa platform as open and as available as possible. So they only make money by having a Doppler in your bedroom and then a dot in your kitchen and an echo in your living room. So it's in, yeah. And the other thing that they did, which, which made us uh, pretty confident that they were going to continue this platform is they uh, announced a uh, investment arm 
in Alexa-enabled devices. Uh, so they open up a, a thing they call it the Alexa Fund or something like that. Yeah. And there's a company called uh, Nucleus, actually. I don't know if you watch the show Silicon Valley. But, <laughs> I, was, uh, yeah, I was like, uh, what? It's so funny. So the yeah, Nucleus is uh, it's basically a tablet okay. with um, Alexa built in, and Amazon invested in them, um, and then created the Echo Show, which basically demolishes the Nucleus. Um, it's still slightly different, but I mean, Amazon was actively pushing the Nucleus. They were helping them. I mean, the Nucleus got into Lowe's and had like a huge Lowe's display, and there's no way that a little company could could do that without the support of a, a juggernaut like Amazon. So right. if you're confident that your your partner is going to you know stay on track, uh you should be good to go at least until something changes. So and you know if it changes, it changes, you know? Right, it is right. what it is. Yeah. yeah. So is there anything kind of been that's been weird maybe showing up in your dashboard for Kickstarter or any like oh we're getting interesting traffic from I don't know, subreddit, subreddit or something, or was there anything that, that's been kind of out of the ordinary that you've seen? That's a really interesting question. Um, nothing too out of the ordinary. Uh, I have seven backers from Kickstarter emails, hmm. and I don't understand how that works. You either, at least I thought, you either get on Kickstarter's emails or you don't. Yeah. <laughs> And if we were going to get on Kickstarter's emails, I would at least hope that I would have noticed first off <laughs> right. and that we would have gotten more than, you know, seven backers. Um, so that was kind of strange. Uh, the Kickstarter, I, I'm not a big Redditor. Um, I'm not a fan of the interface personally. Uh, but the Kickstarter subreddit got us basically no traffic. Um, That's interesting. But the Amazon Echo subreddit got us ridiculous traffic. Yeah. You know, just stuff like that. It's just yeah, it's, that, it's uh, strange. Yeah, that's, that's exactly how I explain Reddit when a, a client tries to hire me. And, do, and they're like, well, what do I do with Reddit? I'm like, I don't know. We're going to throw it against. Uh-huh. We're gonna, we'll throw some shit in it and see what happens. Cause, yeah. And if, I, if anybody tells you that they know what's going to happen, they're, they're lying. Cause I don't yeah. Know. And, and then, you know, our, our Facebook ads have been, uh, they were super effective for the pre-campaign. And they haven't been as effective for our during our campaign. Interesting. Um, and so I don't know if that's the way we're doing it or the people we're targeting. And there's just so many moving variables that you just got to try, you know. And if it succeeds, great. If it doesn't succeed, you know, you tried and try something else. So... So, so over the you know, so you've got 16 days to go, and obviously you've squashed the goal and that sort of stuff. But what are you doing to kind of keep the momentum going and just, just you know, keeping this thing, keeping this fire lit? Yeah, so um, uh, for all of your listeners that have started Kickstarters and have had Kickstarters that, Kickstarters that have done fairly well, uh, the number of BS services that you get, you know, pitched to are just, it's just ludicrous. Yeah. Like, it's, it's stupid. Um, I'm talking like 10 to 15 a day are just different services. Um, and what you got to do is you just got to basically do as much due diligence as you can in the quickest amount of time you can and then either do it and don't look back or move on. Um, and I'm trying a couple of those. Uh, you know, I think I'm going to hire, or at least I'm thinking of hiring a second PR firm um, to get a different voice to help pitch. Uh, I'm looking at, you know, we're changing our Facebook ad strategy. 
Um, and then of course there's, you know, shameless self-promotion like this, this podcast. Uh, so hopefully with all those things together and of course, you know, leveraging your own personal networks and your LinkedIn network, your Facebook network, if you tweet your Twitter network, um, just being like everyone you can be like, Hey, Kickstarter's active. Yeah. This is how it works. Go back it. Right. Um, so the other thing that we're trying to do is kick booster, which has been fairly effective for us. Um, where kick booster is where someone signs up through their link or through, uh, you know, one of your backers links. And then that backer gets 10% off or whatever percentage you chose. We chose 10%. So, um, and the last thing that we're going to do is probably tomorrow we're going to announce our stretch goals for the product. Um, and you know, Kickstarter, you get this huge jump at the front, you get a super lull, then you get a jump at the end. Uh, sometimes when your, you know, stretch goals are effective, um, you can get another little bump in the middle. So that's what we're going to try and do. Uh, we got a, a hit from Mashable, um, like three quarters of the way through the first, or I guess the second week of our campaign, which was Thursday or something that gave us a good little bump. Um, and it's just, it's just you got to try as many things as possible and just, just grind, grind and just go, go, go. You know, I, I want to do a, an AMA I'm on Reddit um, sometime this week or next week, and maybe that'll get something. Maybe we'll right. be like, oh, this, this guy types awesome. I'll go back his project. <laughs> um, and, yeah, uh, you just got to just grind. It's, and it is tiring and hard, but it is important. Yeah. So. So, so obviously, okay, we get the 16 days to go, but by the time the uh, money comes in, so about 30 days, somewhere, give or take, mm-hmm. what starts to happen as soon as the money drops in the bank account, you take that day of rest, and then what starts <laughs> happening from that point on? On the 30th day, you rest. No, um, what you do <laughs> is uh, we have been in very close communication with our, our Chinese uh, you know, offshore manufacturing facility that manufacture our first product. And we're like, all right, Here's the here's the Kickstarter. You can see there are the backers. We're gonna need we're gonna need at least eight hundred and eighty three of these, right? Um, and probably many more. So the first thing you do is you send that money to China and you start the tooling. Um, and once the tooling is started, uh, we have kind of a month, you know, thirty to forty five days of things where we can't really do much other than software. Mm-hmm. So then the software really starts to ramp up. Um, and then once we get the tooled samples back, we say, okay, we now have tool samples. Now we got to work on speaker testing. So the first thing that you do is you wire that money to China, um, and then hit the software hard. Yeah. Um, so that, that's the plan, uh, at least after the rest day. So <laughs> it's cool. And w- when are you expecting uh, delivery on, on these? So uh, our Kickstarter says we have – I actually hadn't seen this before, which I thought was pretty cool. You might find it interesting. We have a beta program. So we had a early bird and then we have a, a regular. But we also had basically a super early bird, which I think there actually might be some still available, which was our beta testers. And they were $89 as opposed to $99 for the, the early bird. And we're going to ship them basically the first 200 off the line. Oh, and we're going to ship it to the backers, to those you know first 175 people. How many? Looks like there's eight left. Um, and they're aware that these are not going to be finished. They will not have the final fit and finish. I don't know exactly what's going to be wrong with them. I can't predict it. 
but we'll make sure to update their software so it'll be fully functional. And if they aren't fully functional, we will uh, make sure to fix it. So we're estimating delivery on those in March. Um, and assuming nothing goes wrong, we'll be able to deliver, or those beta tests go well, I should say, and they look really good, we can deliver much sooner. But uh, we put our estimated delivery as July 2018 for the, the mass production Doppler. And I am so sick and tired of these Kickstarters delivering late. So uh, I wanted to make sure that we pad our dates and we say, okay, you know, this is very realistic. Mm-hmm. You know, I do not want to, you know, underpromise. I want to over. I want to overpromise. Yep. So, um, you know, if it happens in July, great. We were on time. If it happens earlier, great. Yeah. Even better. Yep. If it happens after July, man, am I going to feel like an idiot? <laughs> So, you know, we're going to try and get it out to, to all of our backers as soon as possible. Um, and, yeah, they should anticipate it in July 2018. That's cool. That's cool. Well, what, what, is, um, what scale look like for you? I mean, what, what, you know, what, is, what do you see in the next five years? Or do you see multiple product lines? You know, what's kind of the, what's kind of the dream around, around what you're working on? So, um, I could talk about this for hours, uh, but the the basically the idea is I want Palo Alto Innovation to be an incubator for different brands. So, you know, our first brand is Sandman Clocks, and we now have two products in the Sandman Clocks brand. Um, we actually have a, a little side project. I mentioned earlier that I play hockey. I play ice hockey. And um, we have a card game, which is hockey-themed, and so that's called Pucks in Deep. So we kind of have two brands. Yeah. And then the current plan after the Doppler is we're going to create our third brand. And then we'll have three brands all under this Palo Alto Innovation umbrella. And hopefully, once one of these brands really takes off, whether it's Pucks and Deep or this, this third unannounced one or mm-hmm. the Sandman Clocks, uh, it'll effectively spin off into its own company. And you know we'll share resources and we'll share everything, but um, Palo Alto Innovation is going to be a company that will basically – Develop, create, and incubate these brands. Cool. So, uh, and then when they get big enough or too big, they go and they spin off, and they just focus on that. So, I mean, the Sandman brand, uh, you know, we want to have a super cheap Sandman clock, like the one, the original one. We'd love to get it cheaper. We'd love to get it better, um, and probably one product in between the Sandman and the Doppler eventually, and then maybe a travel version. And, you know, maybe a super ultimate version that has, you know, every feature under the sun. Right. Um, and you, so that, that's the plan. Are you envisioning, like, uh, traditional retail in, in your model or, or, or not? Um, I don't want to rule anything out. Uh, retail is dying, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, and because we try and get the prices so reasonable, our margins aren't amazing. Yeah. Um, and cur- also, especially at our current volumes, our margins aren't incredible. So, um, the, I mean, these retail stores, in order to survive, they have to take a huge percentage. So if we're going to be able to sell exclusively online and, and do enough traffic, great. If not, we'll figure out a way to go to push to retail. That's cool. So that's cool. Well, where can people find more info, um, outside of the Kickstarter? If, you know, if people want to dive into your guys's bubble. Yeah. So, uh, the company is Palo Alto innovation. Um, if you head over to paloaltoinnovation.com um, it will have more details about us about our story about some of our other products um, 
you know, we sell wire, wireless charging pads. Uh, the original Sandman is currently for sale, as well as uh, USB cables, Lightning, and, and micro USB. Uh, we have some of our friends' projects on there, just so some friends that we have in the area. We call that Friends of Pi, Pi Palette Innovation. Um, and so, yeah, head over to palletinnovation.com or follow us on social media. We are at Palette Innovation on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we're P Alto Innovation on Twitter. Um, Insta, you know, Instagram. We're not on Snapchat. Sorry, but. Uh, <laughs> I don't think so, a lot yeah. of people are anymore. I think that when uh, yeah, uh, they moved yeah. back to Instagram. So <laughs> yep. yeah, uh, follow us on social media, and um, if you got any comments or suggestions, or if you have an awesome idea that you want, you know, to be the next Palatine Innovation brand, we will happily uh, take that idea from you and and give you a portion of it. So I think uh, ideas at Palatine Innovation is the email address for that. So very cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Alex, I appreciate you taking time out of uh, obviously busy, busy time uh, during the middle of a campaign, but uh, really great conversation. And I, I appreciate it so much, man. You got a great product here and uh, I wish you a lot of luck in the future. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it, Jeff. Awesome. All right. What a great conversation with Alex. I mean, if you are somebody who's sitting with a some sort of product, how do you not listen to that, not listen to that conversation and feel inspired and, and, and have some insight as to how challenging it is to bring bring a product to market and I really appreciate like I said I really appreciate Alex um, opening up his kind of his wounds and talking about that because so often when it comes to crowdfunding you know the first ones are failures it's just the, it's just the data it's just what it is um, so yeah so Alex thank you so much and uh, so the song we're listening to is a song called Miles From Home um, I don't know if you just heard that but my landlord I think is out of my roof or something I don't, I don't know what's going on but uh, the song we're listening to is called Miles From Home it was on our 2001 2002, somewhere around there, Ray Stable story. Um, and yeah, you know, it's a song about, you know, driving home with your wife and, and uh, or your, your significant other uh, from a party and probably you shouldn't be driving and you get into a bit of it, you know, you, you get into an accident and something bad happens. So this was a big fear of mine a long time ago and uh, wrote this song and I hope you guys enjoy it and I will talk to you all later this week. Thank you.